welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. Each episode of the Open Government Podcast, we bring you an interview with someone working on open government and citizen engagement in their community. And today we have Jonathan Reichenthal, who is an award-winning CIO for the city of Palo Alto. He was also named the number one CIO on Twitter and is one of the United States' top 25 innovators in government. Now, Samir and I are fascinated with his work and accomplishments, but I would first like to start with how it all began for Jonathan, because from my understanding, you never even had the intention of ever entering the public service, did you? No, that's exactly right, Richard. You know, the fact that I am now in my fourth year in public service is a surprise to me. It's a surprise to my friends and those that know me. And, and actually, it was, uh, it's a surprise to the city of Palo Alto that it worked out so well. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I spent my whole career uh, up until just a few years ago in the, pri- in the pub, excuse me, in the private sector. Uh, you know, and, and I was doing okay there, I was doing quite well and, and, and uh, hopefully adding value. And so, uh, you know, I moved out to California from the East Coast. I wanted to be in the Silicon Valley area. Um, people encouraged me to, be, to come out here and, 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 and to sort of uh, to network here and to be, to be part of this, this, this area and this scene. And, you know, it, just tell you one thing real quick about Silicon Valley. People tell you it's sort of crazy. It's a place where people innovate. And people take risks and things move fast. Um, I, I think they were probably, uh, you know, underestimating what it's actually like because it's all of the, those things and more. And, and I've been surprised by the, the sort of velocity of, of activity here. Wow. So I came out and uh, wanted to continue, you know, innovating and, and, and thinking about the, the future of society and of technology and, and, and helping organizations do that too, and, and to be an IT leader. And, and so I get this call from, a, from an executive recruiter, and uh, she says, you know, would you consider working for the government? And, What's your initial reaction to that question? <laughs> it, you know, it's probably what you would think. I, I, <laughs> having been over 20 years in the private sector and not having much engagement other than, you know, what I would see on the news or read or, uh, you know, my perception. And, but I'm open. You know, I, I, I didn't sort of say no thank you and hang up. Uh, but it was, it was a reluctant openness. I, I, I said, well, okay, interesting. Tell me more. Uh, I didn't know what, how they found me or why they would think I would be the guy. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of a troublemaker, kind of a maverick. So, you know, in, in government, you want people who are, you know, who, who, who will follow the rules and, and, and sort of, be comfortable with working within, you know, within significant constraints. So it was interesting to me that they were reaching out to me. Uh, but uh, the more they told the story of what the city was looking for and, and how potentially I could move the needle forward. And of course, it helped that it was the birthplace of Silicon Valley, that it was going to be the city of Palo Alto. And so I, I kept an open mind. And, and, and so, you know, went down to meet the folks here, uh, met the the city manager, uh, Jim Keen, who uh, is very well known uh, U.S.-wide for being an innovative city leader and city manager. And I, I looked at sort of the, the problems I could help solve, and it just seemed very compelling. So uh, the way I tell it is, is, you know, I took a risk on them and they took a risk on me, and so far it's paying off. And actually, that's, a, that's an interesting perspective because usually government will hire people that are – like-minded 
you, you labeled yourself as a maverick, you're a troublemaker at, or something along those lines. Um, so I, I'm actually kind of fascinated a little bit as to even, do you know the pre-story on how they reached out for you? Like did the city of Palo Alto says, we need a guy that can keep up with the city. Is, like, how did they come to say, we don't want another bureaucrat, we want somebody from outside, he's going to challenge our perspectives. Like, can you speak more on that side? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the, the couple of things that happened. First of all, the city uh, had had got a new city manager that they, they brought in, Jim Keane. And he was, you know, he's getting settled and he was getting the, the, the lay of the land. And a couple of years have passed, you know between one thing and another. And this was, by the way, uh, he came in right in 2008 when things went really south, uh, didn't, weren't going so well and uh, had to make some key decisions. And, but, but beyond that, a couple of years passed and, and he was trying to then, then think about what do we need to do to, to, to sort of make the investments and, and set the city up for success in, in not just the sort of two or three-year time horizon, but five-year, 10-year and beyond. And, and so one of the things that he knew was, would have to come to play would be the role of technology. He, he was, he has a good sense of the, the, he had a good sense then too of the emerging role of tech in, in, um, in the world of government. Um, but realized that, uh, our, our IT organization was sort of deeply, you know, deep inside the administrative services department as a small division with, you know, no vision and no sort of, uh, um, empowerment to have a vision. And, and so uh, one of the first things that, that was brought to the city council's attention was uh, let's make the IT group a department make, and have it report directly to the city manager and let's hire a, um, a, a, a sort of a, a, a leader, a real chief information officer to, to create a vision and, and lead the city from a technology perspective. So that's sort of the, the, the groundwork that was laid. And, and they, they, uh, they, re- they brought on board an executive recruiter, and, and Jim described the, the requirement as a person who would uh, would have a big vision, would be bold, would would be able to network and connect with the Silicon Valley community and beyond. And so he, he kind of created a, a pretty high bar and, and a set of criteria that was a little different, as you, as you quite rightly said, Richard, from, from the, the normal characteristics. And I guess what happened was when they when he met with the executive recruiter and was describing the role, um, uh, she and I had met um, in a different uh, capacity and and remembered me and, and said, "Well, we sh- we ought to reach out to, to Jonathan." Um, not he said no idea whether I would be interested or not, but thought it would be maybe an interesting one. Um, at the same time, by the way, there were many other folks who, who competed for the position, and uh, I was the I was the lucky one. And I think we're lucky that uh, that you ended up getting it because you've done some great stuff. Actually, just speaking of that great stuff, I want to I want to pull down to brass tacks a little. One of the thing, bedrocks of open government is the access to good and machine readable open data, uh, and you build on top of that. And you know, as part of the research for this interview, we looked at the Palo Alto Open Data Site, and it, it's excellent. It not pro- just provides data, but encourages people to use it to build civic services, all of those kinds of things. Yeah, when you first came in as someone from the outside, um, what was your process in getting that site created, and what kind of success have you seen from it, and what how have you been able to build on top of creating that foundation? Yeah, thanks for that question, Samir. The the interesting thing for me about this opportunity um, was was it, one thing I'd say is everybody gets the opportunity to 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 define a role, put their personal brand in it, and kind of figure out what they want to do with it. 
you, of course, you have to hit the basics. You've got to do the basic stuff. In my case, you've got to keep make sure that the, the, the data center is lit up every day. People have access to the right tools. Um, but, but I also knew, talking to the city manager and the city council, that we wanted to do something bigger. That here in Palo Alto, you're given this incredible platform. You know, people all over the world know our little town. You know, people all over the world know Silicon Valley. And, and it, we felt, you know, here's a responsibility that we've not really stepped up to, that we can be a government that really takes advantage of the very best of, of tech and, and hopefully influence others and be a model for other, other cities. So I, I liked that. And that was one of the angles that really attracted me. And, and every day I come to work and that, that's one of my responsibilities to make sure we, we live up to that, um, that potential. And so one of the first things I wanted to do was to make to, to really review what, what are we doing in the realm of being an open and transparent government. I mean, I mean part of the privilege you get in government is to, is to serve communities um, and to enrich democracy. And to me, openness and democracy are so, so tightly integrated. Uh, I, I was really sort of focused on, well, what are we doing? And, and, and we were doing a few things. I got to give the city some credit. There was a few um, um, uh, products and things that the city were doing, was doing around open government. It wasn't necessarily cohesive or, or strategic or necessarily um, bold. Um, so I took those things and then, you know, based on an assessment, we figured out hey, we ought to have as a baseline a, an open data portal. I mean, a city like ours and, and with all our ambition, that's going to be one of the sort of foundational components of our of our big, bold sort of three-year uh, and beyond IT strategy for the city. Right. So once we established, well, that's that's a that's a big piece of this. It's a it's a foundational piece. We um, then everything after that was fairly straightforward. You know, we have to identify a vendor and do the implementation. I will say this though, um, when when I told my team, you know, let's I, I had to bring them into this idea and and get them excited about it. The the expectation was we would run it like a normal project and we would have it running in a, in, in many months. It could be up to a year before we got it deployed and okay, got it populated. Government project, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, typical sort of what you think you know, of an of a, like IT project within a government uh, context. Um, and I said, well, no, we, I, I just don't have the patience for that and, and we need to get this thing going. And we, we incorporated some lean methods um, from the sort of lean startup methodology. And uh, we, we got from, from the point at which we decided to do this to, to uh, vendor selection to having our first data set on our public website was six weeks. And, and it sort of set the tone, actually, for a lot of my tenure here. Uh, we were going to make, you know, have ambitious goals. We were going to go after them fast. And we, were, we would uh, try to realize the value. So that has been foundational to us. And everything from hackathons to apps challenges to meetups to um, to to being able to bring data to the forefront of our um, discourse here has been uh, the, the, the our open data portal has been the engine for that. Now I want to go back to this six weeks business because I think you need to sort of bottle this or teach a course to jurisdictions across the world because <laughs> I think you you're making a lot of public servants jealous that you're able to launch all this in a matter of 6 weeks. So my question for you is as follows. In our interviews and the work that Samir and I have done, there seems to be a bit of a disconnect between the public servants, the public service and the political 
not agenda, but the political element, the city councilors, the elected representatives, and so on. And that's what seems to take the longest time. You know, a, a plan needs to be approved at council. Uh, and there's timelines and all that kind of consultations, all that kind of jazz. So I guess my number one question for you at this point is, is how were you able to manage the political angle to this open data portal to make it happen so quickly? Yeah, that, that is a question that I'm asked often. Uh, and and we certainly want to help others. We don't know that six weeks is necessarily repeatable everywhere, uh, but quicker time, getting people, you know, getting people uh, to buy into ideas and being able to execute that just general sort of you know, principle is something that we, we, we strongly believe ought to be something that is part of our way of working as we, as we you know, are, are well into the 21st century. Um, you know, I, I think it helps certainly having a council that is in a tech environment. Uh, you know, if you, if you are serving here, you are, you have, you are a resident and you, you understand Silicon Valley. Um, you've got some exposure to uh, uh, some of the value that startups are bringing to, uh, to the private sector and you're seeing it in the, in the public sector. Um, I, I, we have, we had a, a, um, a city council who wanted to see change and they gave me that mandate. So th- that's an important part of it is, is, is that the leadership are bought into this. By the way, you can apply that in any sector. You know, if, if leadership are not on board an initiative, it's, it, you're already on a trajectory to failure. Hey, podcast listeners, it's Samir here. We've decided to split our interview with Jonathan Reichenthal into two parts because he keeps going on some really great insights on the question that Richard just asked him and a whole lot more. And we don't want you to miss out on those. So stay tuned for tomorrow where we'll bring you the second part of our interview with Jonathan Reichenthal. And he shares a lot of really great stuff in there. So until then, we'll see you around. Thanks. Thanks.